in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Patriots 33 to 26 on Thanksgiving, and the Vikings are now nine and two. Two losses are blowout losses to Philadelphia and Dallas. What a display of greatness, though, on Thanksgiving. It was a great time. Made Just, you completely forget about the loss to Dallas. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> you have it in short order right after, you know, four days. Like, that's not an easy thing to do either. But they were running so hot before they ran into the Cowboys. And granted, that was a complete ass kicking. Like, that was completely taken to the cleaners. But you have to have those games during the season. And and do I would you know? I I'd rather them lose now than they than they usually do in the playoffs because they do a great job of winning that one game in amazing fashion. Because the week before they played the Cowboys, they played the Bills. And it was like one of the best regular season games of all time. Same thing happened in the playoffs where they made the last round of the NFC championship game where they had the Minneapolis Miracle. The next week they had one drive where Kyle Rudolph scored, and then they got completely hosed by the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what happened against the Cowboys. And so I wouldn't necessarily put them in the tier with the Eagles. I don't know if the Cowboys are that good, but Minnesota is here to stay, people. Like, they're they're a very good team. By here to stay, you mean Towards losing, the top of the NFC. Losing in the second round of the NFC playoffs. That's what we define success as in the grade <laughs> 6 one two, so yeah. Uh, did you see the seven-year-old that Kirk Cousins wants to be the Vikings' new mascot? I did see the seven-year-old shirtless dancing with a bunch of uh, chains on. I think he had sunglasses on as well. Yeah. Uh, very apt. Great bit. Wouldn't necessarily say we need to give the kid a job quite yet, but Why you know not? what? Uh, just Why not? Just let him be a kid. Hey, he only goes to one I game and he gets the whole I world. This is a different type of nepotism, people. He's Kirk just... says he likes me, so I get a job. Yeah. What is this, a Zimmer regime? We can't have that. No. Kirk Cousins likes you. No, we can't be employing children you that way. Job. Kirk, no. I are like you that. anti-child I like that. right now? Huh? Are you the anti-child? I guess I am. I guess I, I am. Guess I can't believe very, that you are uh, this is my favorite, an advocate. This is my favorite seven-year-old I, I, kid I've ever seen. Really? I, I believe she's very vocally anti-child labor. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's <laughs> a important specific to note, but uh, thank you. I like this seven-year-old kid. Okay. Well, should, why don't we bring him into the mascot say, for the press box? He should be at every Vikings. He doesn't care about us. He lives in Iowa. He doesn't care about us at all. He might care about us because he lives in Iowa. I I think this kid should be at every Vikings game the rest of the season. Yeah, but then the commanders would copy the bit and then call it their own and then get in trouble. Do you see that thing where they copied the post-game plane chain thing and then they got in trouble because they had the trash can full of beer? Oh, yeah, because you can't drink on planes. Yeah. And they what? kind of only got in trouble for that because the Titans uh, coach got right. a DUI. Not because of Andy <laughs> Reid's son, who had a DUI last year and almost killed a little girl in a car. But yeah. now we're going to care. Yeah. Now we're going to care. He's, I mean, he's his, um, you know, I've, I, I've mentioned. Michigan crushed Ohio State 45-23. to 23. Michigan outscored Ohio State 28-3 in the second half. They had five touchdowns of 45 yards or longer. I didn't know that. Yes, it was big play after big play. I want to say, I don't know what the actual number was. I think they just had one red zone trip. That's two years straight after Ohio State beat them like 10 years in yeah, a row. That they have now I did the mirror crushed. lake jump during my one shining year at the Ohio State. Almost broke my foot on a cinder block. <laughs> um, but I was, I was surprised by not necessarily Michigan what? winning, but by you're going to have... You're going to get that beat in your house, too? Yeah. 
Kind of uh, embarrassment. So Michigan's going to the Big Ten title because game. We find something out about you. <laughs> But we only ever find it out as just like a throwaway. Yeah, thing. That, Yeah, you just say it like, oh, yeah, that's not important. It's like, whoa, no, that's a whole story by itself. Oh. You're referencing things we have. You guys want to talk about the sports. So I'm here to talk about the sports, not the adjacent events happening around said sports. Michigan is uh, going to the Big Ten title game. If they win, they're definitely in the playoff. If they lose, they're still probably going to be in the college football playoff. Ohio State, I'm curious to see Tuesday where they end up being ranked because Ohio State might still end up in the college football playoff. If Alabama has two losses and everybody's saying that they can still get in, Ohio State can still get in. Alabama can't. Yeah, they can. They can, yes, on, they can on just resume header alone. We know this. I don't, I don't Saban think... got hit in the face this weekend. People are going to be like, we got to get this guy in. I don't think there's enough losses left for Alabama to get in. Georgia and Ohio State, or Georgia and Michigan are both in no matter what happens this weekend. Okay. Ohio State's going to be ahead of Alabama. So that's three spots, three teams right there that are automatically ahead of them. And then it would come down to if if TCU wins, TCU's in the college football playoff. So TCU, TCU would have to lose, and then you would have one loss TCU that played in the Big 12 championship against two loss Alabama who did not play right. in the SEC championship, maybe. And they also need USC to lose because if that happened in USC won, USC is also in there. So they need USC and TCU to lose. And then for the committee to say, we're more impressed with Alabama as a two loss team than TCU as a one loss team. And what's Alabama's best win? It's Texas and Ole Miss. Who are Texas isn't good. Neither are going to be in the top 15. There's, I don't think there's any way out. There's not enough losses left in the season for the top teams for them to, you, to lose. Uh, you let the committee worry about how they'll justify getting Alabama in there. If USC you, you, makes it, does Lincoln Riley get a statue like post haste right away? I think you can't. You, you got to win a playoff game. If they make it. Yeah, and, but and, they haven't even sniffed right, right, like right. the gym shorts of the people but, that are even putting up the field markers we do of that this, game We do years. this with Cincinnati, with Notre Dame, a, a new random team. Yeah, but it's USC. Team. It's right. different. You make it. If you lose by 40 to Georgia, you're like, ooh. Well, the statue will go up and then they'll tear it down 10 years <laughs> later because they cheated to get there. You know, we all have seen this. <laughs> no, cheating is legal now. They'll find a way to skirt the system and somehow get themselves in trouble. They're always pushing the envelope. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Hey, Ed, what's wrong? South Carolina beat Clemson 31-30, to which effectively knocks Clemson out of the college football playoff. The ACC title game is going to be three-loss North Carolina against two-loss Clemson. Uh, almost impossible for either one of those two teams to end up in the playoff. But South Carolina has now ended two teams' playoff hopes in back-to-back weeks. They beat Tennessee last week and then Clemson. Both teams, had they won, would still be in a position to go to the college football playoff Tennessee pending doesn't the final care. results. They had their championship. Oh, they care. They they do, but they don't. They beat they Bama, and then they kidnap the goalpost. It doesn't get much better yeah, than yeah, that. But You're not going to do that Georgia. for a national championship game because it's going to be at some neutral site. They could then kidnap their own goalpost again. Mm-hmm. But they lost to Georgia, and they still, if they had beaten South Carolina, they'd be hanging out as a one-loss team right outside the top four. And if they got, like, a TCU loss or something, Tennessee would probably be in. But they lost to South Carolina, and their quarterback, Hendon Hooker, tore his ACL, which uh, wouldn't What's have his helped. Name? That's either. not good. Hendon Hooker. 
Hinden Hooker. Great name. Not as good as Stetson, but still, still a great name. Cannot Hinden, wait for the Raiders. I don't think I've ever heard Hinden yeah. before. Can't wait for the Raiders to draft Hinden Hooker. Lesser aggressive Holden, I guess. Daddy had a breakaway. All right. <laughs> we continue with college football because the Iowa Hawkeyes oh God. just had to win to go to the Big Ten championship game. Just had to they beat. They always falter in late season. Just had to beat Nebraska. Yeah. To go to the Big Ten title game. Matt rules hey, with Nebra- an H. Nebraska. They lost to Nebraska. And as a result, Purdue <laughs> is now going to the Big Ten title game. Drew Brees must be electrified. The Big Ten this year. As long as he's not calling the game. I was going to say, it's a, do they have a job for him? They might. The Big Ten has three really good teams, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. They're all in the same division. Yep. Which means Golden Gophers, the Big Ten title game is Michigan and Purdue. Oh, God. Uh, which is not even going to be close. But again, Iowa blew it by losing to 3-8 and eight Nebraska. Indianapolis set ablaze by excitement. Uh, Nebraska, meanwhile, has hired Matt Rule to be their next head coach. Rule was fired by the Panthers this year. I like this hire for He them. went 11-27 and 27 with Carolina. Now, here's the interesting part with Matt Rule. His two college jobs were Temple and Baylor. He took those programs over in the first season at Temple and Baylor. His combined record was 3-21. and 21. Every season after that. That's his, a successful season for Nebraska right now. <laughs> every season after that, his combined records at Temple and Baylor... 44 and 22 with three conference championship games. So this year zero concept is very right. real with he this team. He took over programs that were in a bad spot. Yeah, I mean, they Art were bad. Riles had killed like right. Riles. I think he's going to be great enough for Nebraska though, because they went in house. Was it Powers before? I don't even know. No, who they hired guys. Scott Frost from yeah. Frost, yeah. It, it's Different Scott, former Nebraska quarterback, yeah. was really good at Central Florida. And he was it wasn't going them. well before that, so we're like, "We'll bring back the the native son. He'll save us." And it didn't happen. Go outside the box, get somebody who is on that cutting edge of the offense, who is you know recently disgraced from his awful time in the NFL. It's a per, it's a match made in heaven for Cornhusker Nation. And here's the thing: all he has to do is be better than Purdue and Iowa, and yeah. he can play for Big yeah. Ten titles. The Big Ten West is an absolute <laughs> joke. Like, Wisconsin has now been beat two years ago by Minnesota. That doesn't happen without some severe tainting in the water supply. It doesn't happen. Which is weird because that's what Michigan's known for. Yeah. Fat. Brilliant. Good for you. I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got (laughs) Brazil and Switzerland are playing right now. They're in the 10th minute. Tied. uh, Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Um... Neymar, though, is going to miss. He's not playing in this game. He's going to miss their final group stage game as well. He apparently had ligament damage in his ankle first from game, a tackle right? in the first game. Um, they haven't confirmed that he'll be back for the knockout rounds either. So, But they're deep as hell, Brazil. Oh, like, uh, the deepest team in the tournament. Maybe yeah, not, 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 maybe with, right, not with last name variety, but that's, that's the reason why they're so good. Everybody's a singular name, singular presence. Yeah, so... Um, Brazil, France, and England are probably the three deepest teams in the World Cup. Those wow. are the three teams that could conceivably lose a player and have no issue replacing them. Like for France, for example, uh, Kareem Benzema, who just had the best Champions League run ever last year. Yeah. He got hurt in training right before the World Cup. So the guy starting in his position now is the all-time leading goal scorer in France history. Okay. Decent <laughs> backup. Um, 
Is France, or not France, is Brazil the only team that if you were listening on radio and they're like, and Fred passes to Dave, Dave passes to Tom, you would literally go, like I, know, minions I know all of these players. I Where every other play-by-play, you'd go, who the hell is that? There's a lot of hullabaloo about the changing of the schedule of the World Cup and it being like basically in the middle of the season or right after it. Do you think that Neymar and these other injuries are at the result of that? Uh, possible. Because it is middle of the season as opposed to having about a month off it, and right. then playing. So it's possible because we had Benzema got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Neymar's hurt. I'm blanking on one other big name that got hurt right before the tournament started. A month makes a huge uh, difference. You just Sadio slightly Mane. roll your ankle and, and you have a few weeks to rest up versus we got to go right away. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's a worse injury than you I mean, had anticipated. Weston McKinney, the United States, he got hurt. Three weeks for the World Cup for Juventus. That's a great name, Weston Didn't, McKinney. It is a great name. He did not play for Juventus Hilden for like Hooker. the last three weeks. Hendon. Hendon. Get it right. Come oh, on. Sorry. But he's back. I don't <laughs> know if he's 100%. Think a terrible band from like the Hinder? 2010s and take what off the What song did they have? This is how. No, it's not. How you remind me. That's not them, right? I think that's Nickelback. No, it's not. Is it? God. I feel like it's weird, Danny. I would expect you to know Nickelback. He's a huge fan of the Canadian pop stars. Silence. (laughs) All right, here's me quickly yelling about something that nobody in this room probably cares about. Ole Miss lost the Egg Bowl to Mississippi State 24-22. They scored a touchdown in the final 90 seconds to get within two. They then had to go for two, and here's what Lane Kiffin did. He had all three timeouts left. He called two timeouts before the two-point conversion. What? Two. Therefore, when they didn't get the two-point conversion and didn't get the onside kick, Mississippi State could kneel the clock out. Had he not called two timeouts before a two-point conversion, they could have stopped the clock and conceivably gotten the ball back and tried to score a game-winning field goal. But he called two timeouts before a two-point conversion. I mean, I read a lot of chatter about him possibly leaving for another program. Was that his attempt to get fired and maybe a bigger buyout and move on? Well, okay. And then here's what happened after this. Lane Kiffin flirting with Auburn. Auburn doesn't offer him the job. He ends up getting like an eight-year extension to stay at Ole Miss. You win like two games next season, it'll be another eight. Yeah. I swear. It's college is so weird. Mel Tucker. I love Lane Kiffin. He's great. Do Um, you? As a personality, I don't know if he's great as a head coach, but this Visors is, a, this is Ole Miss's me. ceiling. Ole Miss wins nine games. That's that's what they Fair. did. Um, I love him as a personality, but uh, the funny part is Auburn uh, apparently wanted Lane Kiffin. I don't exactly know if they ever offered him the job, but Lane Kiffin turned down Auburn or accepted an extension from Ole Miss without taking sure. the Auburn job. Auburn supposedly is trying to hire Hugh Freeze. Who, uh, if you don't know anything about Hugh Freeze, oh, I feel like God. he's done bad things. Was the head coach at Ole Miss? Yeah. Uh, brought in the number one recruiting class in the country. Found out they paid for the number one recruiting class in the country. Oh. Got in trouble for that, but probably more importantly, um, got in trouble for using his university phone to call an escort service. That's right. Yeah. Right, and then a Ole leader Miss, of men, you could call him. Ole Miss eventually fired him. He has been coaching at Liberty, which is a private university, so no right. public phones. Private Christian University. Or, fa- or funds. And there, uh, there was a sexual assault victim that Hugh Freeze uh, DM'd on Twitter at 1 a.m. Um, yelling but, at her, oh, basically. Oh, mm. uh, Seems like a great human being. And now Auburn supposedly he's going to hire this guy, but maybe it's not going to happen here. And Auburn's going to be left hiring. I have absolutely no idea.
who they're going to hire oh, next. Oh, man. SEC football. It's always fun. Coming up next, UNLV basketball. Loose ball now grabbed by Gilbert. Gilbert gets big, no call. That is awful. No. That should have been two free throws for Keyshawn Gilbert. What a terrible no call that is. Keyshawn got tackled in the backcourt. But the Rebels play a great half of basketball, and they lead it 38-24. to And Kevin Kruger is absolutely furious, and rightfully so. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. UNLV is 7-0 and after they beat Life Pacific 126-54. to uh, My favorite stat of the game, 14 of the 15 UNLV players scored, uh, including the two walk-ons. Victor Iwako is the only player that did not score. Um, Way to point it out. Victor, <laughs> it, well, it, the best part about it is Victor Iwako is the player that will play 11 minutes and not record a stat other than fouls. He's going to foul out in 11 minutes. He's an minutes. enforcer, you say. But he is out there to um, run around defensively, uh, switch everything, and like provide energy, I guess. So a disruptor, you could say. Kind of, yeah. Mm. But not actually getting steals or rebounds, right? He doesn't do a lot of that. Life Pacific. Do all they the do court. is train insurance people? Uh, that, that joke was excellent on Twitter where it's like, oh, it was on Twitter. Well, so they were like, they beat them by 70 points and everyone on Twitter stood up and went, why did you and LV find an insurance company? Right. Life Pacific. It's a uh, NAIA school, uh, which is not even like division two or division three. Um, they are not very good at basketball as you could see. Clearly. And they actually were without like two starters or something because really? of, uh, sickness. Or something like they. This wasn't even the the full squad of Life Pacific. So we'll never know who was truly better than the other. <laughs> uh, I am not sure why Kevin Kruger scheduled this game. Granted, there's pretty much every year at least one non Division One team. Complete waste of time. It was a complete waste <laughs> of time. It's really. It was. They're not. not Nothing's a, a waste of time. Here's the thing. Carl Jones scored 20 points and had 12 rebounds in that game. Tyler didn't know who he was. That's Carl, one of the most generic names I've heard. Carl Jones, I feel confident saying this, is not going to score 20 points the rest of the season. Not in a single game combined. Don't sell his potential short like that. He might not play 20 minutes Again, the rest of the season. Don't sell that potential short like right. that. Um, complete waste of time of a game, but hey, they're 7-0. and Here's the fun part, though, on UNLV. They are one of, let's see what number we're down to. There are 21 teams left in the country that are unbeaten. UNLV is one of those 21 teams. There are six more non-conference games. They are favored by Ken Palm to win five of them. Washington State's currently projected to beat them. That game is here in Vegas, though granted not at uh, UNLV, not at Thomas and Mac. So UNLV does have a legitimate chance to go 13-0 in the non-conference, UNLV does have a legitimate chance to be the last unbeaten team in the country. Mm. Could happen. It could be realistic for UNLV to be 13-0, and more importantly, 14-0, because the first non-conference, first conference game is San Jose State. They could be 14-0 playing San Diego State on New Year's Eve. And if UNLV's 14-0, they'll be ranked at that point, and we could have a ranked versus ranked matchup, which would be the first time in... Seven or eight years, I think, for UNLV basketball to have a ranked versus ranked matchup. You think Ed will be there giving up his New Year's Eve after missing Christmas? 
You think it means that much to him if both of those I mean, he things cares converge? About New Year's Eve. He is a big San Diego State. Guy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but a holiday is a holiday. Yeah, I, I don't think he cares about New Year's Eve. Yeah, he's not. He, every time when Jr. used to come in and make drinks, uh, Ed would go, "All right, here you go, someone." We got New Year's Eve on a Saturday night this year, people. We're gonna be fresh to death. Look at this. See, and the games, the games at one o'clock. So it's you're not even really giving up your New Year's Eve. A battle for 2022 supremacy. You guys can both like sit at the same table, but at the opposite ends, and it's like an abnormally long table, so it's awkward. What are we doing? You guys are going to go to the game together, have an experience with one another. Sounds like great. we're sitting very Lifetime far apart from each memory. other. Lifetime memory. Well, yeah. no, you're, you'll share the space, but not the, the memory. Room in a way. No, you're there. Because how do you forget sitting at an awkward table with your co-host for no reason? If you don't talk, that would be a better bit. The Actually, the press row will probably be full for the first time. Really? If they're playing San Diego On a State. New Year's Eve on Saturday night, you think? At one o'clock. Oh one my god! Early oh. afternoon game. I I think it'll be th- the fullest it's been in a long time. That's what I'm hoping for. I will say also could happen here. Uh, Southern Miss is one of the unbeaten teams. They are also seven and zero. And Southern Miss, prior to playing UNLV, plays Montana, Northwestern State, Lamar twice, and McNeese State. All of those teams are bad. So there's also a chance we get uh, like twelve and zero Southern Miss against twelve and zero. UNLV, which would also be fun, even though it's not uh, Southern Miss is not going to be ranked or anything like that. Here's a big concern, though, for UNLV. Um, Dayton might suck. And that was their only good win that they've had so far. Yes. This year. So UNLV is seven and oh, their schedule is not good at the moment. Going by Ken Palm ranks, Dayton is still 55th. They were at one point in the 30s. Uh, they have lost three straight games. They are now three and four. Dayton has not beaten a top 100 team yet this season. That's still technically their best win. The only other decent team they've played is Southern Illinois, uh, who they beat. But Southern Illinois is not going to go down as a quality win. Minnesota's not very good. How uh, dare you? Southern Incarnate Word and High Point. None of those teams are actually good. Dayton sucking basically means UNLV's could go 13-0 in the non-conference and not have a single win that the NCAA tournament committee cares about. Like, they could go 13-0 and and it'd be like, oh, they have zero quality wins. And for UNLV, that's a bit of an issue because, yes, you could run up a really good record in Mountain West play. They could go 14-4, and right? Which they're going to be in the NCAA tournament if they go 14-4 and in the Mountain West after ripping off a 12-1 and non-conference right. record. But if they go 10 and 8, 11 and 7, that might not be enough because they're not going to have very many quality wins this year because the committee's going to look back and say, oh, you beat High Point and Hawaii and Life Southern Pacific. Miss. Right? They're not going, they're going to look back and say, what did UNLV do this year? And they're going to basically say, we think any team in the country could have gone 25 and 6 against your schedule. Yeah. So Dayton sucking hurts a lot because that was going to be at least one marquee non-conference win. And it might not even be that at the end of the day. Sounds like you have a bone to pick with the scheduling department at the UNL. Oh, I've Athletics. been doing it for six months since the schedule came out. Yeah. It does remind me of the good old days of when Menzies used to schedule things and Tyler would go, who are these teams? Right. Marvin Menzies had some brutal schedules when he was at UNLV. His teams were also pretty brutal. So it made a little bit of sense. The problem here is that UNL like, Again, we'll, we're seven games in. We got 24 more to go before the Mountain West tournament here. 
UNLV is probably going to lose some games here and we're going to be like, oh, well, that hurts them quite a lot. But there's a legitimate chance that UNLV has an NCAA tournament level team and Kevin Kruger made a terrible schedule that's not going to maximize their chance to get the NCAA tournament. Mm. That's there's you a legit- win the Mountain West tourney then, right? I, it's, uh-huh. We've been saying that for eight years and they haven't Maybe done it yet. Maybe it's the year. Maybe. Maybe they they're even- so inspired by their uh, own success. They haven't made the semis in like a decade hey? of the Mountain West tournament. Once in a blue moon? It's been like three blue moons. How long it's is a new a moon, moon now? Coming up next, the Raiders won an overtime <laughs> again. You know, that's what I've heard, but... His Madden rating on speed should go up after that, you know, to do it, you know, at the end of the game, to win it, to run that far. I mean, you see running backs get free a lot and, you know, some, some guys, you know, that's not their style or whatever. And to see Josh be able to finish like that was really cool. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Featuring All-American Lindsey Brown. The Raiders won in overtime again, beating the Seahawks 40 to 34. Josh Jacobs with an 86 yard walk off touchdown, where, by the way, he was untouched on an 86 yard right touchdown. Right up the gut, too. Which is incredibly impressive from the Seahawks defense to not be yeah. anywhere in the vicinity. I guess there was a safety that had a chance, and Jacobs just ran past a poor angle yeah. and was to the house. It is, uh, we've talked about a lot on this show. Josh Jacobs does not have 20 yard carries. Nope. He does not do it. He doesn't have like great acceleration once he gets to the secondary. And he had an 86 yard walk-off touchdown, like kind of unbelievable that he was able to do that. The Raiders are now four and seven. Um, Fun fact. They are only one game back of the first place Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. If they were in that division, Oh, they'd be going for the playoffs, baby. But, because they're in the AFC and the Chiefs are in their division, they have no shot at the AFC West. Yeah, and um, wild card. They're three games back. The Chiefs still played a chance. A Very bad back. game yesterday, and still, still won. won. Still won. Yeah, I. The Chiefs sucked yesterday. Yep. Yeah. And okay. It was, they, yeah. they sucked really bad yesterday, and it was. That's that's fine. There's a guy named Perkins. Right. They the played ball. somebody named Bryce. Great Perkins. French silk pie, though, at Perkins. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I'm a, I'm the biggest fan. I order it she, first. No, she's 100% right. If you ever Dessert see a Perkins, first. pull in and go, oh, I'd God. like a fridge soaked pie, and then just eat it in the parking lot because that way no one sees your shame. That and Culver's are the only reason I'm going home for Christmas, other than the fam. Third yeah, place. family's overrated. But go you're right about food. Josh Jacobs. He's not a guy that gets up to speed very quickly, but he slows down very effectively. And that's just a different skill, skill set because he makes people miss. Like, that's what happened in that drive where all of a sudden it looked like somebody was going to take him to the angle, maybe it was the, towards the right sideline, and he was able to slow up a little bit, which is a way bigger uh, opportunity for injury to incur as well. Um, I'm just so impressed with the season that he's had this year and the prove it deal and everything. He so here's here's what's happened for Josh Jacobs. They do not pick up his fifth year option. He's gonna be a free agent after this year. Yep. He has rushed for one thousand one hundred and fifty nine yards in eleven games. That is already his career high. Easily. Uh there are six games he left. He has been available to this extent yeah. before. There are six games left in the season. Yeah. Um two twenty nine on the ground against Seattle, including That's that eighty six yard touchdown. Yeah. It's crazy to have an eighty six yard touchdown when you already had what, hundred and forty yards or something before that. Math that. checks. Yeah. Like that's it that he had, he already had hundred and forty yards. Yeah. Before it's not like, oh, he had an 86 yard touchdown and that got him to 106 yards on the day. He had 140 yards and then 86 yards. He also led the team in receiving with 74 yards. Um, Who else is going to catch a ball out there besides Mac Hollins? So 
What in and Foster Moreau? Oh yeah, and like, Foster. As long as he just doesn't as we all planned when we talked about the prolific offense that was going to be on the display for this team this year. So looking ahead to the future, because the playoff chances are uh, pretty small, exist. <laughs> True. Uh, do the Raiders? What do you think the Raiders do in this offseason? Should they? re-sign Josh Jacobs should they let him walk as a free agent or the third option they can put the franchise tag on him which is effectively a one-year deal last year running back franchise tag was 9.5 million so I don't hate that yeah, that's a really I mean 10 years ago it's a much different number it's it, it's higher and so I'd be like no but I don't if you let this guy walk after he's been your most consistent and productive player that's a huge cultural red flag for me. That's a huge, like you could say, oh, he's not worth anything. They're so, they're so replaceable late rounders. I don't care. This is the only guy that like ran consistently for you. You need to reward that. So everybody else has that incentive to be like, oh, if I put in my best, I'm also going to get the best for my coaching staff and, and front office. The reason I like the franchise tag is then you burn the, bur- like you pull a DeMarco Murray and you give him more carries than anyone. I don't, think, I don't think they can give them more than they're giving them this year. They're already doing that. Oh, no. They've had some games where they're like, Derek, throw it. No. What do you think he <laughs> asks that. for? Stop it. So there are three running backs that have a cap hit, not actual salary this year, but three running backs with a cap hit of over $10 million. It's Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Joe Mixon. What's Derek Henry making? Uh, his goes up next year. Got it. His cap hit is like eight or nine this year, and then it jumps up the following season. Got it. So, Okay. This is the interesting part where where we're at with running backs, where it is very rare for running backs to get the big deals, even yep. after they have monster years, right? It takes Derrick Henry a while to get the $10 million cap hit. The Ezekiel Elliott contract, people look at it and say, like, it the was Cowboys bad at the time up. and it's bad now. Right. I mean, the Cowboys yeah. have a better running back in Tony Pollard. And a diversified offense enough yeah. where it doesn't warrant that type of feature. Because, like, if right. for Tennessee, you paid Derrick Henry that much money because, because that's what he is worth <laughs> to your offense. You have Ryan Tannehill otherwise. You're going to go 50 50, and the one games you win. Derrick Henry. And, and there's a change. Like Orlovsky's talked about it on, on ESPN about how there's a lot more teams and, and it speaks to the parity of the league that are relying on a successful running game than there have it, uh, for like the past 10 years or so because they say because the guards on the defensive line are smaller now or they're able to take us, uh, an advantage away from that size. And so they're like, let's run it more. And so now that, that devaluation is starting to swing back the other way. Chiefs are still going to the Super Bowl and have three carries in the Super Bowl, uh, which will be fun. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes will have two of them. Yeah. I don't know why that is Clyde hurt. No, Pacheco's He's never been why? good. Well, I thought he was supposed to be good. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has never been Anytime good. Anytime you got a hyphenated name, you got to come with something. No, hyphenated names overrated. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Juju's I... doing well. So mm. if I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm asking for uh, 12, 13 million That's, in the offseason. Fully guaranteed? Uh, if it's two years, oh, no. I don't mind I, it. I'm getting as many years as I possibly can. So like five, but is a team actually going to do that is probably the bigger question. Because if I'm the, here, here's the thing. If I'm the Raiders, my, here are my two options. I am not giving Josh Jacobs an extension. Nope. I am not re-signing him. That's dumb. Here's my two options. I'm either letting him walk or I am franchise tagging him. But those two options have nothing to do with how good Josh Jacobs is and everything to do with what am I doing with the quarterback position True. and the offense in the offseason. Because if the Raiders decide we're going to let Derek Carr walk, we're going to go with a rookie quarterback. Well, then you're going to have free money for the next three, four I, years. I'm not spending it on a running back. Right. I, like, if if I'm going to a rookie quarterback, I 
We got to go get I'm offensive line offensive help. Line. Yeah. Yeah. Who yep. cares if I have a good running back? But if I'm going to bring back Derek Carr and say, like, like again, they're four and seven right now. If they rip off a few more wins, let's say they get to, they finish the year eight and nine, right? And it's like, they feel good about themselves because, hey, we ended the season well. And if we had just pulled through on some of those close losses earlier sure. in the year, we'd be in the playoffs. We're going to run it back. We Everything's going to be fine. Then, all right, here comes Josh Jacobs. Here comes the rest of the offense back. Hopefully they do something with the offensive line and the defense in the offseason, but whatever. Bring it back, that's fine. But if they end up as a five-win team, mm-hmm. right? Like they only win one more the rest of the way, and they decide we're moving on from Derek Carr, we're going to draft a rookie quarterback or whatever they do at the quarterback position. I go into next year looking at it saying, uh, probably not winning very much unless this rookie quarterback is a superstar. And if Long-term he's a, vision. And if he's a superstar, I don't need a high-paid running back behind him. So I'm not spending money on the running back if I'm dumping Derek Carr, if I'm keeping Carr, I'll franchise tag Jacobs. And then if we want to make that decision, the next off season, we can do so. So speaking to Lindsay's point about the running back as a position, sort of coming back as a concept, do we still, can't we get Josh 80%, like you said, 80% of Josh Jacobs production with, any guy based Zemir on the Zemir White had two carries yesterday for 30 And that yards. might be true. But again, I think it's about rewarding people that are internally showing that they're bought in, that they can produce. And, and that being an example that you set for other people, especially with all we've heard about, well, is locker bot locker bought in or not? Like you this stuff matters. You don't know what I would. You don't want to know what I would do if I was running the Raiders. You'd cut half the team and say, we're going to find somebody off the street who uh, looks better. Well, no, not, not at the moment, but like right you, now. You bring in the Kirk Cousins kid, that's for damn sure. Oh, yeah, the seven-year-old? Yeah. Absolutely. But right now, if I were joining the Raiders. I mean, um, he already said he's bringing in a Madden player. Yeah, that's true. Josh Jacobs is not my starting running back anymore. I, I, I just I, I would want somebody to take the pressure off my young quarterback if that's the route that they're going to though not just in the Devontae sense of Adams Devontae Adams no takes be, the no because how does Devonte Adams get his production the quarterback has to be successful at his job here's he's here's, the one that's throwing him the ball right here's why I would not have Josh Jacobs as my starting running back they're not going to the playoffs this year Josh Jacobs has already proven <laughs> Josh Jacobs has already proven he's really good. Yes. They need to find out a, if Zamir white is any good and B, if you want Josh Jacobs back next year, stop giving him 30 touches yeah, in a game. That's, that's a good way to save his damn body for a season yeah. when you might make the playoffs. Like I'm not saying I you just want to be figuring out the two most important positions on the field at the snap next year. If they get a new quarterback, and it's like, how do you generate anything? At least when you have Jacobs, you have the play action threat. You actually have to respect. You can't just, uh, stack the and 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 blitz all the time well, like that stuff matters and here's here's what we would do Jacobs gets 11 carries a game Zamir White gets 9 10 carries a game and if Zamir White's any good the rest of the season then I feel more comfortable about Josh Jacobs leaving if Zamir White sucks then I might say well we got to bring back Josh Jacobs right and if I let Josh Jacobs go and Zamir White's been fine hey He's actually had some experience the way they've set up their backfield. Josh Jacobs is getting, I think Samir white has uh, less than 20 carries right. on the season, like unused. So if they don't bring back Josh Jacobs, they're going to be turning to a running back that they've never seen on the field for more than like two plays at a time. Granted, they could sign somebody else, but I would be bringing Josh Jacobs workload back so much. And here's the other thing. He was hurt yesterday. 
True. He hurt his calf in practice. Yep. It re-aggravated it during the game. Um, Turf. Uh, Deshaun Reed was in Seattle, and he wrote a story about it, how he came out of it. He wasn't on the field for the game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter because he was hurt. He apparently had to convince the coaches to let him go back into the game. Yeah. If I'm there, I know he had an 86 yard touchdown to win the game. They won the game. It's great. Everybody feels fine. There's no way I'm letting Josh Jacobs back on the field. If I think he's going to be my running back next year, because the number one problem, the biggest reason why running backs are devalued and considered replaceable is because of injury. It's not because there aren't running backs that are better than any running backs. Also, it's, because we've put so much stock into franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, yeah more well, than quarterbacks more important than anything. Yeah. But like, you get hurt all the time at that position. Like that's what happens yeah. at the running back position more than anything else. You get hurt to a point where you can't. Well, play. especially him. This is the yeah. first year where he's ran relatively clean. And I would want to keep that the same way. And so I'm giving him 11 carries a game, not 30 carries a game. And oh, his calf hurts. Here you go, Zamir White, because. Yeah. The wins don't really matter for the Raiders. Like I know they feel good, it's nice and everything. They're building for the future, Tyler. But they're not they're yeah, they need to build for a better draft pick by they, losing. They don't. They yeah. draft literally picks don't do. automatically mean that you're gonna get better. Yeah, yeah, but character the character wins pick, the better. do, do oh, usually. They got a lot of character wins oh, last year. Hasn't done them very much they, good. I will also say that they 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 also like to draft character guys, and it's worked out really well for <laughs> oh, them. <laughs> no arguments there. All right, we got tickets to give away. Um what are we gonna do today? Ah, oh, let's do the let's do the six foot sub from Porta Subs that we were supposed to give away last. Yeah, yeah. So here we go, six foot classic sub from Porta Subs, and you're qualified to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars. Seven zero two three six four eleven hundred is the phone number. You'll win a six foot classic sub from Porta Subs right now, and be entered to win a new Yeti cooler. Seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. We'll take caller number four. To snap shoulder high. A loop up front picked up well. Throw down the middle. Intercepted by Jonathan Jones. He runs it back up the middle to the 40. Right to the 50. Outside 45. 40. Peppers with a block to the 30. To the 25. A cut to the far sideline. Shoved out of bounds by Cook. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. A very important uh, note from the Raiders game that we did not get to. Have you guys seen the video of a player running off the Seahawks sideline during a play? No. All right. So Derek Carr throws an interception and Darrell Taylor is on the sideline for the Seahawks. As the INT is being returned, Taylor runs on the field, off the sideline, onto the field and sort of kind of blocks somebody. Really? Yes. And nobody caught it. Nobody caught it, except some random fan on Twitter. Uh, Danny is showing Lindsay now the video. So of we're going to call the extra man on the huddle in the 2009 FC championship game, but then we mix, <laughs> we miss it for this. We miss it the for the goal line stand for the Bills a couple weeks ago. Like, can we not count? It, What's the deal? It had basically no impact on the actual play. What I think happened here is ball gets intercepted. And Darrell Taylor was going to go run on the field to celebrate. Yeah, he got a little too, bit too close to the actual field and was like, "Oh, the ball is still in play. This is a live play," and yeah. just sort of pretended to block somebody and was like, "Yeah, good job, guys." So yes, the Seahawks had a twelfth player on the it, field. I think this is genius. It's almost as good as Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I was just going to say. Literally stepping out while a guy's returning out yeah. an interception to be like, whoa. Flamingo, like, whoops, I was in the way. See, no, no, that's too obvious, though. 
What what is more obvious than a player getting off the bench and running onto the field? He didn't get caught. I know this is true. He did not. A ref did not throw a flag on this because here's call shenanigans. Because here's the thing: interception, change of possession is chaos, right? Yep. Are the referees looking at the sideline to see who's doing what well, like on the sideline? There's like 15 of them out there. Somebody's got to have their eyeball on the sideline. One of them sort of sneaks on the field. The refs are worried about the change of possession. They've got to now shift to where they're running. they got to run the opposite direction. I'm there's not an AWS, like, improper player entering field. Like, they're there tracking everything. I'm surprised Lindsay, there's not, like, they spot the ball with, with 55-year-old men in chains. I know, yeah, but the com- go, but guy, the bring up the chains. Big Brother's watching. This is our most important sport in this country. It's our most it's most important to get things right. And we still are like, could we get a group of retirees together? Just because Uncle Gene forgot chain. his glasses doesn't mean we just give up entirely on the sky view. Kenneth is like, we've got lasers. Yeah, we don't even need the refs. We're just going to do it by based off of how hard it hit the ground and what angle. It's great. I, I think more teams need to do this. You get an interception, just oh, hop on the field. <laughs> Just, ooh, Why not? I'm out here. We're going to throw a critical block in the end zone. Refs aren't going to see it. Free free points. Kind of like my dance move where I'll go up and I'll just like little step, little step, little step, and then I'll pretend to like dive forward, but then I'll stop myself and people get really intimidated. Like, All right. Exactly. In the break, we're going to need it. All right. In the break, we will be going live on Twitter with Lindsay dancing. That was a dance move? One move. It's one move. It's that great. Was a dance move? It's hilarious. I love doing it. It creates space on the dance floor. Let's just say that. <laughs> Hey, desired results. Space? Desired space? results. Oh, yeah. We get interactive. Uh, did you guys see Sean McVay get uh, concussion? Oh, he got decked. That was pretty rough. It was rough. Out of nowhere, helmet, too. Helmet oh, straight man. to the jaw. I'm surprised it, he didn't get blood drawn. Like, He's, Saban got a little cut on his cheek this week, too, but it wasn't nearly that impact. Yeah. I mean, hel- what do you do as a player? You can't. You're just, I'm going out. I'm going out of my right. job, He's coach. running out onto the field in a hurry. and. Oh. Just his helmet straight into Sean McVay's he didn't even, chin. He didn't even like involuntarily tear up wow. either. How what a short badass. is this player? If McVay, yeah, no, we I, love a short king. No, I know, but Sean McVay is very small. So to hit Sean McVay, I would like expect yeah, like it was a like stomach. The... Uh, head, I believe head was down because he was putting his helmet on. Yeah, as he ah, ran on the and it was okay. like the bottom part of the cage too. Yeah, he it like, looks he's, rough. He's put, yeah, he's definitely putting the helmet on as he runs on the. And he's he has a, a dude to like help maneuver him around to make sure he doesn't get hit. And clearly that guy was uh, taking a break. Never, never prepared for that. No, no, no. You're you're there to like make sure the coach doesn't go on the field too far. You're not. You're What's not. I mean? You should be aware fire. at all times for the next you're three hours. You're not prepared for the you're friendly fire. You're my guy. Fire. You're my guy. I got you. I think he has a new guy sir next week because there's just a somebody. Somebody that game broken plans. trust bond that cannot be rectified. There's a broken jaw too. There's in that. There. Oh, I bet he's sore for the whole week. I got to see his press conference today. Does he just have a giant bruise on his face? It has to be swollen or something. He got. He, I'm guessing he didn't break it because he he no. just he stayed scar in. tissue. Yeah, but he had I, a car, maybe a tooth dislodged or something yeah i gotta see this yeah he's gonna have to have dental surgery or something like yeah. that with implants bruise. oh no Ooh. we have to go get work done might as well get something else biggest hit the rams made all day yesterday too